Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hi. So this is Kathy Cooper, and I'm here today with Damon Lewis to pick his brain and gain insight into outer body exploration, lucid dreaming, and even psychic development. Cool. Okay, so let's see, Damon. Um, all right, so I met you five months ago at a meetup group for would-be and uh, experienced outer body explorers, and you were pretty much the only one in attendance, let's face it, who had a deep understanding of the process and infinite encounters possible, um, you know, encounters that are both life-changing and even just purely fun and everything that lies between. But it's, um, you know, it's because of you and your guidance that I've been able to travel to other dimensions myself. And, of course, I'm psyched about this. And I just want to say you've given me so much advice, but one of the main things, the essential things, is that um, you taught me to trust myself, trust my instincts, and to be patient. So my first question is, where I, you know, I have a personal and profound reason to want to um, out-of-body explore, and I'll do so forever, the average person really doesn't. So with someone who's been at this for, golly, over a decade, I guess, what advice can you give to keep others on the path? Ah, good, good question. Yeah, I, I've been on this path of exploration, specifically with astral projection, for about 10 years, just a little over 10 years. Okay. Uh, when I did my training, and I did have some success. I've, I've had a bunch of different experiences but nothing compared to just recently when you and I met each other and we started texting each other back and forth. So what I would recommend for people is whatever way possible uh, to try to, to try to find somebody. There's lots of Facebook groups and of course, uh, you know, we're, we're doing our thing and I'm starting up the, the video chat and there, there is definitely some resources out there find somebody, hook up with somebody else to have like a partner or, or even a small group if possible and really keep each other motivated. It would be just the same thing as like if somebody wanted to change their diet or get more exercise, it's a lot easier when you have somebody else motivating you. So out of the 10 years that I've been doing it, only the past, you know, like three, four months have I been as motivated you know, uh, as ever, when I was texting back and forth with you daily about my meditations and my energy work. So that's that's definitely, I would recommend that to everybody. Yeah, no, Damon, and of course I can attest to that because I was on the receiving and the giving end of our little relationship. And you know what I have to say too, what it does, I mean, we all start out very motivated. Um, you know, then discipline has to kick in. And let's be honest, we've both had, like, you know, amazing things occur, but we've also had our lows. You know, there were times where I told you I would do the practices, I would do the energy exercises, I would do what was, you know, required of me to make this successful. And, like, nothing really exciting happened, but I just stayed on the path. You know, that was the thing. Right. And, um, and, and part of that saying was because I knew, I felt almost like an obligation not just to myself, but to you. I said, you know, I have to do this, and I want to do this, and again, I have personal reasons, but the thing is, is that I knew I would have to text you, or I would have to at some point talk to you, and and because I'm not a liar, like, I really had to do it. You know, like, I, I just did it, and it's because of that. So this is, you know, 
because, because you just said something really profound. Even when we had nothing to report except, all right, I went through the motions, blah, blah, blah. That just served as a base, like as the roots of what, you know, what was to culminate. You know what I mean? And you so that is just really it. I, I think, again, that's probably, and I knew it was important, but I think it was, a, it just all of a sudden was very clear to me. Now, um, okay, so just off of that, so if you were to go back, so you said you were doing it about 10 years. If you were to go back to Damon 10 years ago trying to project and you had to change something else, like you didn't have a partner, okay, you didn't have someone with whom you could communicate, was there anything in your practice itself that you would change? Um, just... Really, like before I met you, the only thing I would have changed was my consistency because I know that kind of just like how you were mentioning that there is a lot of times where you do these exercises and you're not getting any sort of, it feels like you're not getting any sort of results because it's not like if you're doing, uh, again, I'll, so I'll go back to uh, exercise. If you were doing push-ups, and every day you did push-ups, you would get to see that each day you would be able to do more push-ups. And eventually you get stronger. But when you're doing these exercises, sometimes you can go days and not really see, uh, you know, it's, it's a struggle. And you don't, you don't see results right away. But I looked back on um, 10 years and I saw, again, before, before meeting you, before really doing it on the daily with a partner, um, I really had regret. I had regret. I was like, you know, if I had kept up with the velo exercise for this 10 years right now, I would be absolutely proficient and be, you know, energetically uh, uh, proficient and, and maybe even uh, be able to do the, v the uh, vibrational state and project whenever I wanted to. Um, mm. instead of having it be such a, a rare occasion. So, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Speaking of VLO, um, I just want to know what you think, because we both practice VLO. We both do it, and I do it. I mean, not a half a day could go by that I don't do it, because this is something I, I do. Like, I'll text you. I do it while I'm online at the store. You know, I'll do it while I'm driving. But my thing is, I feel like I've embarked on different techniques and methods, and let's face it, you know, you could search the internet and there are a myriad of them. There are just so many. I feel that the VLO is the real, um, the real mover, the real, I guess, the single most effective technique, if you will, that has gotten me to project. Now, granted, when I did project, it wasn't on the heels of velo. It was on the heels of some other exercise. But I know it's all the velo I'm doing. So would you agree with that? Would you think that the velo is something that everybody who wants to project should practice? Uh, definitely. Because there are so many different types of energy exercises and there are so many different types of meditation that the, the velo is like an all-inclusive uh, type of exercise that works all of your different energetic systems. It uh, it does everything all at once, basically. And the amount of things that it helps to stimulate, besides just trying to get to projection, like all of your different psychic senses 
are stimulated. All of your different energetic senses are stimulated uh, by doing the VLOW. That's, and it's been studied for so many years. It's been studied for decades. Uh, that yeah, that's that's the one that's it's the hardest to achieve, like perfectly by doing it, but the results are very universal, and they're not they're not like uh, let's just say doing the a Kundalini exercise. I've met at least one other person who does the Kundalini exercise, and I haven't quite understood. Uh, the, the entire process, but the velo is very easy to understand. It's just moving your energy up and down. It's so it's a yeah. it's simple yeah. as form. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, I just never I always knew that being able to deeply meditate or even like projecting of course would probably enhance our psychic abilities. But I never actually thought of the velo as enhancing it as as, as enhancing that, but it does because you know, like I shared with you, I just like know more things now before I actually, you know, evidentially find out. Like, you know, I, I just know things. Like if someone, if someone, if my husband walks in the house and he goes, oh, guess who I ran into? I could tell him who it was, even if it was a person we've not seen or spoken about for years. And I think it's probably all that velo. So it is, you're right. It's, it's comprehensive. It's universal. Right. And actually that's a, it's a good point. I, I think I've, been I've been reading a little bit more about the uh, the personal aura, and I actually have the book right next to me. I mentioned the, the book. It's by uh, Dora Van Gelder Kunz. It's called The Personal Aura, and I haven't quite got through it yet. But it's really giving me a different perspective on how the energy system works. So, uh, really quickly, just for people who are who are listening, uh, we all kind of have an idea of what the aura is. But there's different layers to what the, the aura and the energy system is. So the first layer is like the etheric layer. Um, that's like the prana, the, the chi, you know, the bioenergy. And then the next layer is the emotional layer or the astral layer, dealing with our feelings and things like that. Next layer after that, and these are kind of like further and further out. Uh, the next layer after that is our mental layer and our thoughts, you know, dealing with our thoughts. And the one after that uh, is the intuitive or the spiritual layer. And they all start out from being very dense to being a little bit finer, kind of like the atmosphere. And it's the, the velo works every single one of those layers. And the last layer and how they all interact with each other, they're, they're all kind of feeding into each other and, you know, uh, basically like uh, communicating with each other in ways interacting the last layer being the intuitive layer if we if we work on that energetically we're reaching other levels we're able to reach out with our psychic awareness we're able to reach out with our psychic uh, systems and that's that's what really doing the sort of you know energy work like the velo can help do is working on all those layers and and especially the intuitive one which is the the furthest one okay I have a question. Now, when you say all the layers, when you say the last layer, you mean the farthest from the body? Yeah, it's... Okay. You could think of it really in a sense as the same thing as like our atmosphere, like the stratosphere, the ionosphere, like all that kind of stuff, which I, I couldn't name each one of them. Right. But that's right, kind right, of, right. you know, going up into space. You know, that's... Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, my only question to you, I'm being very pragmatic here. So when we do the velo exercise, and for people who don't do it or don't understand it, it's basically moving the energy within the body. So we don't bring that energy outside of the body. So how then are we affecting the aura when we're keeping the energy inside the body? Well, that's a that's a good question. And I hope I I think I might have mentioned it um, on the podcast at least once or twice. Um, well, first, if people want a better understanding, they really should get Nancy's book, Nancy Trivellato, uh, and, uh, energy resonance, Vibrational States and Energy Resonance. Uh, you can Google it. Um, but the way that I think about the energy when I'm moving it, it's not uh, just the inner, the inner energy, but I also think of the outer energy. So when I'm moving the energy, like starting from the top of my head, that's what I talked uh-huh. about, about having a, a large ball of energy that encompasses right. my entire self because that's what our energy system kind of looks like. We look like we're like in an egg or, or kind of like a ball of, of energy. So I move this entire ball through the system, not, not just my physical body, but the whole ball is going up and down. And that's really how each system is, is moving. But also... These systems are, I'm saying that they get further and further away, but they really do interact with our entire body because of the, um, the way that they, uh, the, the way that the energy runs through our system, around us and through us, like uh, through the top of our head and through the bottoms of our feet, which uh-huh. I, I'm not at this point, I'm not an energetic master, just like I can't completely explain the velo. Uh, better, you know, uh, that Nancy can explain it much better. Uh, but from the, the the pieces that I do know, and I've seen this in action a, a bit, is energy running through the tops of our, our crown chakra. It's very dynamic. It's a dynamic system like a, a, I think it's a torus, like a donut, that's always circulating and moving. It's not, not static. The energy is always right. moving through us. Okay. That, may, that helps. And you know what, too, Dana? While I don't use, and I, I, I discussed this with you in the past, I don't use a ball myself. I do use, I kind of copied your, your process in that. I use like a very large um, flying saucer type thing. And I use that. And I start like, you know, above my head anyway. Like I don't start at the crown of my head. I start above my head and I go, you know, below the soles of my feet. So I've been actually encompassing the R's too. So that's a good thing to know. Okay, cool. All right. So now getting, the other thing I want to ask you is, um, you know, like let's face it, the average person doesn't astral project and recall, but even if they do it in their sleep, they don't recall it. So, but many people do though, you know, people with whom I've spoken anyway, um, have an occasional lucid dream. So say someone were to like embark upon a whole process now of learning to project. Should these people like kind of, ex- you know, continue with their lucid dreams, work on them, or should they right away like go into trying to project? I think that um, just like you were talking about, you know, the idea of trusting your instincts, I've, right. I've focused so much time and effort on astral projection specifically, but now I've kind of come full circle and it's, it's not like I've stopped my focus on astral projection, but I have found my own specific method and my own doorway, my gateway, and my gateway is lucid dreaming because I'm able to 
use my meditation to kind of get myself into deeper states and it's been effective to get me into lucid dreaming. And then from lucid dreaming, you can change that into an astral projection. So uh, maybe that might be confusing to people, but the, the similarities between astral projection and lucid dreaming uh, are such that you can go back and forth between the two. So it's mainly, I would suggest, just, just about your instincts. If somebody is more proficient or has more skill at moving energy or if they see energy, maybe astral projection might be the first thing that they want to work on. It's like with the clairvoyant or if they have a natural okay. ability, if, they, if, they, uh, if they're like a, a Reiki master. But like me, I'm really good at it with my imagination. I'm very mental focused. I'm, you're very emotionally focused. Emotions are, are something that could help you be your gateway, as, as we've talked about before. But, right. but my, my, my imagination is my gateway because that's what I've always been strong with. So it's, it's about focusing on your strengths and kind of, if you don't know what they are, play around and, and be willing to try and fail and figure out what your, you know, each person's strength is. Right, right, right. So, all right, so if I were to look at your practice, if you will, I would see that you practice velo. You do deep relaxation meditations. Um, you lucid dream. Now, do you do anything other than that? Like, I know you do some, you know, pretty cool meditations, singing bowls. Do you do any other energy exercises aside from the velo? I'm actually doing, um, I, yeah, as far as energy work, I do, I do different uh, meditations, but, I'll, but you were asking about uh, energy work, so I'll, I'll speak about that. With energy work, I work on, <clears throat> like from the, the Robert Bruce book, the 90-day book, I work on energy clearing and blockage clearing. I will just use my awareness to run energy up and down, maybe like my arm or my shoulder. And I kind of just do that periodically, just checking in with my body when I'm meditating, just to, okay. to get things moving. So it doesn't okay. have to be one thing or the other like the velo is great for moving all your energy but sometimes i just it's like like you would do with a, a massage sometimes you just get a foot massage and sometimes you get your whole body so right once in a while i'm just moving different parts of my body yeah that's a great point and now getting into now the different meditations that you do um is there one that you feel it's like your go-to meditation like you wouldn't be able to survive without it the the simplest meditation is just laying down, or, or I, I recline in my, in my uh, car, actually, and I just either concentrate on, uh, I concentrate on the center of my head, basically. I, I put my conscious awareness into the center of my head. That's a little more advanced because I've been doing it for a lot longer. Right. People can start out with just uh, concentrating on their breathing, but it helps me. That's my go-to. My go-to is uh, concentrate, control my conscious awareness, put it in like this, the center of my head and allow myself to get into that theta wave. Now I'm able to do that, not just by my thoughts. I'm not thinking my way through it. I'm feeling my way through it. And I can feel when the change happens. It's, it's like a, like a dimmer switch. And sometimes it's like a light switch where I'll be 
in an alpha wave, alpha wave brain state uh, with my thoughts kind of going crazy and, you know, shattering up a storm. And then all of a sudden I'll be really deep and I, I lose track of my thoughts. I lose track of time. I lose track of sometimes even where I am at this point because I'm be able, able to get so deep at this point. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, so yeah. that's my go-to. Because it's, so now, it's if, really simple and I can do it in a couple minutes. Right. By your own admission, you know, you're able to do this because you're experienced at it. So for if someone were to emulate that um, and, you know, they, they lie back, they sit back, what have you, and they just like, you know, they just have to chatter. Just the attempts, like just trying to do it, it it's still beneficial, correct? Uh, yes, but it can. I can. I can totally see how it could also be frustrating because sometimes, even now, even though I'm able to get deep, I'll I'll still have a lot of thoughts on my mind. I'll be really frustrated about something, and I'll try to meditate. And then if I'm too aggravated, I'll just I'll just stop, you know. And I'll just I'll just give it a you know give it a little while until my brain calms down. But if people are just beginning, I really do recommend concentrating on something simple like either your breath, the in and the out of your breath, or get some sort of drumming or chanting or, or uh, maybe even a, a, uh, like a, a guided meditation. Those are all great things to start with because when you concentrate on something else, like the, you know, the sound of the ocean, the sound of raindrops falling, then you're not concentrating on your thoughts. And it'll get easier and easier with time. It's very cumulative. Uh, so take, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, I've always found it's just something you know that that works for me. The sound of a fan, the sound of a fan. Like if you have a fan on, you know, somewhere in the summer, if you're really hot and the air conditioning isn't cutting it, and you put a fan on. For some reason, that fan gets me into a very relaxed state. I don't know what it is. That's cool. Yeah. Now, um, so now, what what I want to know is. So you've been at this for 10 years, okay? Um, you've, like, encountered maybe, for the 10-year period, let's be honest, Damon, you've not encountered that many people who do this, correct? Not on a consistent basis. I've encountered people who, who've had lucid dreams, but as far as people who practice this and people who work at it, not that many. Yeah. So hence my next question. Um, it's almost like, you know, and you and I have discussed this as well. Like, we have to keep this a secret lest, you know, everyone thinks there's something wrong with us, you know. Yeah. So my whole thing is I almost feel, I mean, I hope this is okay. But when I talk about this to people who are close to me and I know, you know, they're going to be okay with it, I almost feel like I downplay it or I hate to say this and please don't judge me, but I'm almost a little embarrassed. Yeah. Because I tell them, and then I see the look, like they're incredulous, but they're they're kind of like, you know, they're 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 acting as if, oh wow, that's great, but yet I could tell, you know. Yeah, the way the way that I approach it is, I usually just go if I want to talk about this, uh, I I start with lucid dreaming, and if somebody is interested, then they'll they'll talk about it more, and maybe they have had some experience with it. But I've learned. Uh, I started studying this 10 years ago, but this has actually been an entire lifetime. I've actually, you know, been reading about this kind of stuff for two decades, and over 30 years I've been having these experiences. Uh, so 
when I started talking to people, I would get the mixed reactions of some people think I'm crazy and some people would say, yeah, that's happened to me too. So I've become, just like you're saying, I've become more conscious of who I talk to or how I bring it up. But the, the one important thing is I should never bite my tongue and not talk about it. I just am very cautious about how I talk about it. So I might build up to it uh, with, you know, asking certain questions if somebody's, you know, to find out their interests. And then if I'm going to talk about it, I talk about lucid dreaming. But it's a really good thing to try to reach out to people because that's how you're going to find, just like you, if I didn't, if I never talked to people, I wouldn't have found you. If I never went to uh, the meeting, I wouldn't have found you. And I've talked to a lot of people at this point. So, you know, and if I didn't okay, start this, po- yeah. if I didn't start this podcast, this is actually, to me, this is like terrifying to, it's, it, it's something I was really afraid of to, to reach out to the broader world. Anybody in the world could be listening to this. I don't know who they are. They could be judging me. They could be whoever, but doing this helped introduce me to some pop. It helped introduce exactly. me to Tim and to Tommy Hickey and to, you know, and to Andrew. And, yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. I, I get it. And I like that idea of bringing up maybe like lucid dreaming or maybe even bringing up like um, some, you know, like clairvoyant things or, or clairsentient things. Because usually people will say, you know what, one time that ha- something strange happened, I knew this and I knew that. So you're right. Just to bring up, I think, out-of-body exploration is a bit jarring for people. And again, when I say... When I say embarrassed or judged, I just don't want people, I guess I just don't want people to think I'm crazy. You yeah. know, that's what it is. But will. I like that. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way. The lucid dreaming thing, I like that a lot. Especially now, too, because a lot of, like my niece, she's like, a, she's a millennial, and, you know, she goes, oh, yeah, I had brought up the lucid dreaming thing, and she actually brought up the out-of-body um, exploration, and she was into that because she's young and she's more open. But then she told me that she, and I told them beyond the topic of lucid dreaming, she says, oh, yeah, my friends and I, we're all trying to do it now. We're all really trying to lucid dream. And I thought that was very, very cool because, again, you know, you don't really hear that, you know. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's getting on the radar. It is. There's a lot more uh places where people are encountering lucid dreaming and astral projection, like in the media and in movies. Now there's, you know, in Dr. Strange, they, they uh, have yeah, astral projection. Yeah. And... Okay. I want to bring up one other thing now um, that was very important for me, that this would have been a huge mistake I made if it weren't for your guidance. And I have to, and I, I don't think I have a reason really like underscored this enough to you, but in the very beginning, when we first started, started texting each other, I was almost solely relying on guided, you know, guided hypnosis, guided meditation. Now, you told, you know, you mentioned that in the beginning, you said it could be very helpful, and it certainly can. It got me, it got me very relaxed. It actually taught me how to relax. But what I was actually doing astral projection guided um, meditation, and I was doing them, I mean, like every single day, almost every single time I did it. And then you mentioned something about um, not, oh, and then I would use binaural beats. So if I wasn't doing a guided meditation, I was using binaural beats. So basically, I was afraid to do everything on my own because I felt it wouldn't be successful. And you had mentioned that, you know, don't use something all the time. This is early on. And then I would do it occasionally. I would do it like maybe if I went to once, uh, once a day, I went to once every three days. 
Now I have to tell you, I hardly ever use it. I hardly ever use the guided meditation. I hardly ever use binaural beats. I will occasionally use them. And I'm just, I want to thank you for that because my projection came without any of that. And I, and I really want to thank you for it. And again, I'm not downing those things because that's what really got me to relax and got me open. I think it opened me up. Yeah, they're, they're a good, they're a good starting point. Just like a guided, a guided meditation or hypnosis, hypnotic, whatever, binaural beats, they're all a good starting point so that people can uh, feel their energy. That's one thing. I got to do, I still have to do the, the podcast about the, the energy work, but feeling your energy can be a difficult thing at first. And that's why people feel like they're not getting anywhere if you've never done it before. But at the further along you go, the easier it is to feel what your energy is actually doing and, and be able to manipulate it. So, yeah. and if you, if you use a crutch like binaural beats or guided meditation, if you use that crutch every time, you really are not going to be getting, uh, you might get a natural projection once in a while. You might get these, you know, a loose dream once in a while, but it's not going to be a willful. You're not going to be the one initiating it and you're not actually building up a skill. And that's the really important part, building up a skill so that at a certain point, you can literally just lay down and make it, make it happen and, and willfully make it happen. That's, that's really yeah. important. Yeah. And I like how you have that as a goal because, um, you know, to have a willful projection, like I like that to be able to do it, you know, when you want to do it. And that's like, you know, even people like Bill Buhlman, he says, I think he says something like, um, he's so skilled at it, but he can't do it every time he tries. He just can't, you know, and I think too, because of other aspects of his life. And that's my last question to you. So, if someone was going through emotional trauma, um, PTSD, um, just overall, like, very, very sad, very depressed, how does that person, how does that person be able, how is that person able to meditate and do these practices when they have this heavy weight on them? Right. Yeah, that's, that is such a large, large topic, and, but it can be... I could just touch on that topic with um, that's the reason why I recommend the velo and that's why it's, it's such a, an all encompassing thing. So just to touch on the, sort of the last question, but it'll, it'll help answer this one. If you use a crutch with the binaural beats and things like that, you're actually not completely working on your energetic system. When you work on your energy, energy system, you're taking care of emotional blockages. You're getting rid of, uh, you know, the patterns and traits in your energy system and in your life that are not serving you. And that can also go with PTSD. It can go with being lazy or having unhealthy habits, which we all deal with. That's what working with your energy does. It's, it's, you have to work with your energy and fix things in your life kind of all at the same time. Like right now I'm doing a detox program and doing like a cleanse, kidney cleanse and some other cleanses. It's all part of, you know, cleansing my energy system and, and cleansing my body. Because if I am, you know, 
going to work and there's somebody who's being a, a jerk to me or something like that, and they're psychically attacking me, those binaural beats aren't going to help me with that. But me doing the velo on a consistent basis, it will. It'll strengthen my right. energy system. I'll be able to protect myself. And I actually can just brush that right off. If, if I don't do that energy work, getting that energy attack, having that person you know, say mean things to me or a breakup with somebody, uh, you know, my significant other, those things are really going to affect me. And that's the reason why somebody might be able to project one day but not project another because your energy system keeps getting bombarded day to day and you might have a weakened or damaged energy system. That makes a lot of sense, Damon. That makes a lot of sense. And I like what you said. You know, it's almost like the thing I think of is it's like, you know, when you're, you're, you're it's summertime and, and you want to go to the beach and you want to go in the water and you know the water is not really warm, it's cold, but you know once you're in, you're going to be okay. But it's just like going in. So I think, too, when you're feeling that that sadness, that energy blockage, that, that just overall grief, you know, knowing that doing this exercise is going to help you really should serve as the motivation. Right. You know, and right. it's true. Well, I want to thank you for everything because you have changed my life and I'm not being dramatic here. This is like straight up. You have changed my life and I'm forever indebted to you. But you know what? So if I win, if I win lotto, you're getting a piece. <laughs> I would also say, I would definitely say that you, you had to change your life too. Like nobody, you're a personal trainer, you know, and you can help show people the way and how to exercise properly and, you know, coach them and tell them they're doing great, but without them doing the work, nobody would get anywhere. So True. you definitely, you definitely take most of the credit for you putting in all that work. And uh, of course I have to thank you as well because without without you the motivation part you have so much motivation that helped push me so well i'm honored and i want to thank you for this nice interview and i will be seeing you and speaking with you okay sounds great bye all right bye